Love Talk Radio. Welcome to Mama's Pearls. I am your hostess, Cynthia, and here at Mama's Pearls, we like to say that we take the most beautiful pieces of life and string them together. You can find us on our website at www.mamaspearls.com or on Facebook at Mama's Pearls. You can email me at Cynthia at Mama's Pearls.com, and there is a million ways to keep in touch these days, including Facebook, which we're at Cintweet, C-Y-N-T-W-E-E-T. Last week on Mama's Pearls was was pretty spectacular and amazing. Um, We had a special guest, Dolores Cannon, who has been truly a pioneer of the space of past life regression therapies and hypnosis. And what I really wanted to talk to her about was all kind of like the hoopla surrounding 2012 and all the devastation we've been seeing with natural natural disasters and kind of want to get the skinny about what is happening. Um, she's written a, basically a lifetime of work, but her most, um, most prevalent novels is a series called Conversations with Nostradamus, which is based on past life regression therapies that she was doing with one particular client who happened to get in touch with Nostradamus. So we really wanted to explore how do we use these gifts and basically these gifts that kind of reach out through time to bring messages from the past to heal us for the future. And I was really, really happy to hear that we are in for a very positive transformation in what's coming ahead for what she has dubbed the new earth. And in doing that and making preparations, she was basically saying that we have to kind of change our energy. And in reshifting our energy and basically um, transcending a little bit from where we are, there are a few steps that we can do to do that. So I'm going to encourage everybody to go ahead and take a take a listen to last week's show, which is Mirror of Time, and the pearl of last week was a true reflection. And it was amazing, and it also got me thinking about this week, and as far as, okay, I can, I can work with Dolores' tools and do a shift in my own energy, um, of my own body, and I can, you know, obviously have some responsibility and some, some, some influence of how my kids are going to shape up their energy and kind of work with them with different foods and, and meditation and, you know, different types of energy work. But what is really their surroundings? And that got me to this week's topic, which is the kids' room. In looking at the kids' room and in looking at doing a positive spring cleaning, I know so many of my friends are clearing out stuff and are in massive spring cleaning mode, including myself, I really was rethinking about our homes and how they work 
we spend most of our times, you know, coming back to at least the house if you're working. Um, if you're a working parent, I happen to work from home, so I'm pretty much always, always home and with my kids. And I want my house to be as supportive to myself and my family as possible. I feel like so many parents design their their houses just with thinking of themselves and, you know, maybe just having a few crayons around or, you know, a crib or whatever. But, you know, how are we really looking at our homes and in particularly our children's spaces in a way that's going to be most supportive to them on on all different levels, including an energy level. Anything you bring into your space, you know, when when you start talking about energy and you go to any, listen to any of the spiritual gurus talk, they'll be like, and and, and that desk is energy, is pure energy, it's not just a mass of atoms, it has a life force and all this kind of stuff. What are we bringing into our rooms? How can we be more supportive when the other thing that kind of triggered me into really wanting to talk to our special guest today was I was I came across one of her articles and our special guest name is Jeanette Simpson and she's an interior designer and she primarily focuses on kids spaces and her company is called Kids Space Interiors and in an article she wrote I believe it was for Parents Are People she basically was questioning how to reshape your child's space. And in it, she had the suggestion about swapping out your your wallpaper or the the hangings and pictures that you have of your in your children's rooms of superheroes and whatnot and replacing them with more positive affirmations. And when I read that, it really just continued with this with this shift of perception about, you know, many many parents I just feel like we just got to get it done. We just have to fill our space. We just need a bed, a couch, or this or that. You know, who cares? Like, so long it looks pretty and people can sit on it and it's functional. But what really is making up our space? So we're going to slow it down this week and kind of revisit how we see our space with our special guest, Jeanette Simpson. Now, I mentioned that she's the, the owner of Kids Face Interior. She's been doing this work basically for over 25 years. But what I also love about her is that she has particular experience with children, being that she is a mother of six and a grandmother of 15, as well as a lifelong coach and teacher in her community. So I am very, very happy to welcome onto the show Miss Jeanette Simpson. Jeanette, are you with us? Yes, I am. Good morning, Cynthia. Good morning. So can you tell me a little bit more about just your your background and how you came to do working with interior design and what your primary primary philosophy is when it comes to designing designing children's spaces? My love for interior design began when I was a teenager for the most part. I had a favorite aunt who lived in Atlanta, Georgia, who used to take me around to see the beautiful architecture that was there. And just the beautiful homes was one of those things that just inspired me to to understand that environment really does impact our lives. And um, from that beginning, I wanted to be an interior designer. When I was in college studying design, I had a great love of the children's design and learned that as I was flipping through magazines, and I still do this today, as I flip through a magazine, I see some beautiful rooms, I, and I love them, but when I see a children's space, that is when I just get really excited. And my creativity starts jumping around, and I just 
wanting to dive in and, and do more rooms like that. Um, one of the main reasons I started doing children's design was some of the rooms that I would see in these magazines looked like an adult's version of a child's right. room. It was right. a you know beautiful room to look at, but it really right. wasn't great for inhabitation for for a child. It's just you know something that was an adult room with a few toys and other things thrown in, and that's really where my desire to do children's spaces came in. Now, like I feel it's 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 kind of a very natural tendency that parents have to kind of just create this vision of their house that that they see. You know, I think it takes a, an extra step to really step back and kind of see the life cycle of where your child is. You know, starting with, you know, what age are you designing their room for? Is it baby? Are they, you know, still in diapers, or is it? Um, is it a later phase? And how do you really work with parents to kind of coach them really through the process of working a space from a child's birth up? Well, beginning with the nursery, the children, you know, the baby really doesn't care what the nursery looks like. The baby <laughs> the nursery, it's more for mom and for dad and for their comfort in coming in and caring for the child during, you know, the nighttime feedings or, you know, times when they're restless or not feeling well. So it's okay to start out a nursery more for the parents, but by the time this little one is up and around and getting into things, it's more than just toys in an adult room. It needs to be designed so that they have their imagination and creativity stimulated, not just, um, you know, when you walk into your home, and notice the furniture. Is there any furniture in your home that is child size? One of the right. things that, and if you notice, just watching children play, where do they play? They play under tables. They play in corners behind furniture. They play in closets. Children like small spaces. So that's one of the things to look at when you're going from the nursery to the toddler room. You need furniture that is their size, that they feel comfortable and secure sitting in, and they just gravitate to that, but also spaces that are smaller. They don't have to have a great big, huge room because they're smaller people. But as they get to be tweens and teens, that's when you need to start looking at larger furniture pieces and larger spaces because they, you know, larger body. The problem with the smaller rooms, as always, is the storage of all that kid stuff that just seems to be <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I'd love to know if you have a particular system in place to manage the stuff. Oh yes, there are there are plenty of there are so many resources out there now for putting stuff away. And one of the things that you that you really do with children, and part of the teaching, and the um, the imagination and the gratitude and the creativity and all the things that you want to teach as a parent can come through organizing their room and helping them to know where to put things. And, you know, when they're younger, you can label it so that they they know that shirts go here and toys go here. And it just makes it so much easier for you as a parent to keep the room cleaner if the children know where things go. And it's easier for them to put it away if it is storage that is down on their level. Um, right. that's, that's part of the design that you do for anything having to do with storage. It needs to be ease of use and something that is, you know, quickly can be put away. 
Right. I mean, I know my my son. Well, my both my kids actually. They're very particular as far as where their stuff goes, um, and they have their spots. And I think you're totally right. As they find, you know, the the strangest places really to kind of set themselves up and play. And you know, they don't see space the, the same way that that we do for sure. Not not at all. They really. One of the best things that that you can do, and I had this experience as I was taking care of a granddaughter a year or so ago, nine months old, crawling around on the floor, and she kept putting things into her mouth, and I thought, I've cleaned the floor. What in the world is that? And it took me getting down, sitting on her level, and looking at the floor from the view where her eyes were seeing it. That's when I started seeing things that from my height I couldn't see, but down on the floor I could see. And that's one of the great things that that we really should do as a parent is get down on the level of our toddler or our four-year-old or our six-year-old and look at the room from their height. What do they see? And that, you know, a lot of that, when when you have safety issues, if you look at it from their height, you can see some of those issues before it becomes a problem. Well, I'm glad that you you mentioned it because that you know that is one of the key components in, in your philosophy as far as seeing see, re-seeing your space through the eyes of your child. And I feel like when people have kids and when parents have kids, and myself included, I'm really only seeing it from a child-proofing you know my space is going to kill my child type, right. type vantage point. You know, so I think there's something. You know, one to be rest assured, like your your children are safe in your home. But two, you know, how else do you you know, starting to see how they kind of play and explore their space? That that can really be done by just watching them play. It's um, mm-hmm. something they don't like for you to do when their their imaginations are flowing and and they're in a world of make believe. But sometimes if you just right. sit back and watch how they play with their toys with cardboard boxes or an open cabinet into whatever pots and pans may happen to be in there. (laughs) It's amazing to watch that creativity, but uh, that's something that really can give you an insight as to what they are seeing and thinking about the world. Now, a lot of times we think that the room needs to be this full-blown theme of magical fantasy, but it doesn't really because the children can do that on their own. You just need to give them some materials to work with and a place where they can play, where they will be safe, where where furniture is not going to get broken if it gets turned upside down because a child looks at his chair differently than we do. The chair can become a fort or a castle or a, a tree, anything like that, and we see it as a place to sit. They see it as a place to climb on and jump. And So giving them opportunity to do this in their room or in the family room, whatever. It's uh, it's something that's really a great way to help them, but also keeping them safe at the same time, but helping them see the world and us see the world the way they see it. Right. My my daughter likes to kind of redecorate our furniture. Yeah. And um we we learned that the hard way cuz I had, you know, I use Sharpie markers all the time and now my <laughs> my bed frame has Sharpie marker design and little smiley faces all over them. Uh-huh. Um yeah, which is adorable. Um, once you get past the the part of being like the plastic parent as far as like you know, understanding now, at least when I have young children, like there's no way I'm buying any piece of expensive furniture to put in my house. That's and right. I feel like, you know, I feel like there's kind of stages in which to to add 
to add expensive pieces to your home and toddlerhood is not really the time. But how do you kind of coach parents who are plastic parents, who are parents who, you know, put their home and their items kind of before their children as far as, you know, having like their museum display pieces where the look but don't touch? Well, there there are a couple of different ways to handle this, and the best way to handle it is it is okay to teach children that some things they do not touch and some areas are off limits. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just like you don't you don't touch the stove, you're going to get burned. It's okay to have a room that you know this is mom's room and you're welcome to come in here, but don't touch. But if you do that, you need to be able to give them places where they can play, where they have free right. room, where they can touch anything, and it's not they're not going to get yelled at for that. Um, it, that that's probably the best way to handle it is yes to some areas and no to some areas, but just being consistent. Now, having a museum home, I guarantee the children are going to remember that, and that's part of making the home their home as well. It's not just mom's home and dad's home. This is a home for the family, and the children will take that with them when they leave the, leave the nest and go off on their own. They need to feel that that was my home too. And right. pla- yeah, plastic parents, if you are not letting your children touch everything or you're afraid that they're going to mess something up, they grow up. And I, I remember when my children were younger thinking, oh, they're never going to grow up. This is My house is always going to be a mess, but I can tell you, it goes by way, way too fast. And they're gone, and your house is clean, and you're wishing you could hear the pitter-patter of little feet and a few little handprints here and there. Right. Well, I, I don't know that that pain, that stage yet, but I remember you know my pa- talking to my parents when when I was leaving the nest, and um, I remember one of the first things my mom did when I was finally out of the house was totally redo my room. Actually, my sister completely took over my my room, and I got kind of booted to the to the small room. <laughs> you know, and I I think that that's kind of normal. You know, like, it is. Wait. It is. My sister couldn't wait for me to get out of my house, but you know the feeling that you're basically saying of looking back and saying, you know, as as a child who grew up in a, in my parents' home that it was also my home too. Right, and I right. think that is a, a very crucial pearl for people to to remember when they're looking at at their houses and their homes. Um and I've said before, you know, a house is really just an address. It's it's what you make make up as a family unit that really comprise your home. And that's such a key piece to include, you know, your children in it. Because I can see a lot of parents thinking, you know, we're making the money, we're paying for the house, it's our house, and when my children grow up, they'll have theirs. There are a lot that feel that way, but if you're truly a family unit, then it's not the material things, as you said. It's not the address. It is the feeling that is there and the love that is shared, and the material things are just something that make you comfortable or give you more chance to explore your imagination or creativity or learn. So it it really is more about the feeling that is in the home and the love that is shared there and not not about the materials. Right. And one of the things that I kept coming across um, as I was just kind of like researching where there are so many places now that make up like different um, affirmations and kind of like wall decor and wall decals. You know, I, I see that, I mean, and some of them are really, really beautiful. Um, 
And you can kind of bring those in on any level. Like if your kid is an athlete, there are so many like motivational sports themes to calls to bring in. If you're ta- if you're if you're kind of into the the dance mode with your little princess, there are there are ballerina sayings that are you know more positive and inspiring as far as just you know overall. And I'm kind of just you know curious if there's something you know, if there's a space that, that you would really like to um to kind of urge parents to go and and check out. Um a a, a site or a particular company? Yeah. Yeah. There are a number of different ones out there that are great for having not just the the words and the phrases and there's some of them that you can just make up right. your own and have them print them. There's um trading phrases there's wall words. Um, those are two main ones that we use. And wall candy art is another big one for other types of um, decals that you can put on the wall, especially if you're in a position where you're in a temporary place, if you're in an apartment and you're not allowed to, you know, paper right. and do whatever you want. This is something that right. is, you know, great for putting on and taking off as you need, and especially with children growing so quickly they go from one stage to the next, and we we think we just did that room, and well, yes, they're growing. <laughs> so, so right, it, you know, and now it's is, time to call Jeanette and do it again. That's right. You know, every couple of years, let's let's uh, let's relook at the room, and you know they're growing and they're cha- they're changing. All their their needs are changing, but there are some great ways to to bring in teaching the gratitude or teaching whatever you want your children to learn and you can do that through through the artwork that you use through the through these affirmations and the quotes that you put on the wall or even just through pictures of family or places that you've been together or even ancestors that you put their pictures in there with a quote or something to help them to remember and to learn those who have traveled different places around the world and you want your children to learn about that, you know, bring in some of those mementos and put those on the wall so that the children can see them. Those are the silent teaching times when children look up and notice these things when you aren't having to say the words, but they see it and it's reinforced. Yeah, I, I, I love that, and I think that is so beautiful. I, I mean, I remember the first time we, I have pictures all over my house, you know, particularly of my my family and my ancestors, and I remember the first time both of my children separately recognized each person in the picture by themselves without my prompting. Oh, that's great. That It was, it was really an amazing moment because they're carrying, you know, they're carrying those memories with them and that recognition with them of really who they are and their lineage. And I just feel that is so beautiful and important to support with the the family um, and your children. I love the idea also of places that you've been with your children. Um, You know, one one idea that just pops into my mind is, you know, also scrapbooking with your children. Absolutely. As far as if you're if you're going to a museum and keeping the tabs and the stubs, although, you know, I'm also kind of the pack rat, so I kind of keep everything. A lot of, you know, parents I know, they don't like <laughs> to keep anything more than than they have to. So, But that's a way to kind of get your children involved with also putting things away after they've gone someplace with, with doing a scrapbook. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I just want to take this time to encourage all of our listeners to visit Jeanette's 
um, Jeanette's company's website. They're at www.kidspaceinteriors.com. Now, can people find you through that website, or is there is there uh, another place where we can reach you? Oh, that's absolutely. They can reach me there. My uh, contact information is all on the contact page on the website, phone number and email address as well. Okay, beautiful. And Kids Space Interiors is also on Facebook, and I believe you're also on LinkedIn. Yes, also on Twitter. Every, I and have, Twitter, uh, of I have, I have social media right in the middle of it. But yes, I'm <laughs> trying it's to find so all the. But that, but that is, is how I found you. I believe we have a caller, so I'm going to bring on the caller and see if they want to talk to us. Wonderful. Hello, you're listening to Mama's Pearls. Good morning, Cynthia. How are you? Good morning. Guess Good. Who is this? This is, is this your... my bro. Yes. <laughs> How did you? I love you. <laughs> How you been? I've yes, been it is wonderful. Your bro. Hi, Joe. I'm, I'm... How you doing? Good. 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 Um, I was just going through my email, and I naturally, you know, I get your email, and I said, oh. It's been a while, so and I was particularly interested in your guest's uh, topic. Um, being the father of a 28-year-old, that is long past having his room and his space. Right. But I, I did want to just share, Jeanette, what, with your and, and with you, Cynthia, the business of how during these various stages, you know, children absolutely, without a doubt, I think psychologists use the term separate and individuate themselves as as people with what it is that they want around them. And I think it's particularly um, positive and encouraging to hear you speak of, Jeanette, these, you know, they must be uh, trials for parents now to to all of a sudden have to go in or feel like they need to make changes in the room. But I kind of would encourage that um, for the simple reason that we we really have no idea what – children at two and three year old are really attracted to for whatever particular reason and that reason might lead to something in their development as adults and young people that take them into the world of education and and relating that um, might have their source right at that very moment of of deciding this is what I like and this is the color or this is the picture of whatever it is and I just wanted to throw that out there and, and encourage you to, you know, and whomever else might come along, that um, these phases and, and ages that we, you know, children go through carry with them these, these desires to separate and individuate by virtue of the choices that they'd like to have in their little space. Absolutely. That's my speech for the morning. <laughs> A great, great comment. <laughs> Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Joe. It's, I'm so glad that you did call in. It has been a while, and I'm just very happy to hear your voice, and I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and it also turns out it's funny that you're calling because Jeanette, too, is in Florida. I know, Joe, you're in Florida. So um, so you guys can, can definitely hook up down there. But I think it's just it's just so important to kind of you know, we we don't know in exactly what our kids are going to the path that they're going to walk once they walk out of our homes. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we can do to support them while they're in their homes for whatever potential that we kind of see happening in front of our eyes and and kind of be malleable with it. Um, mm-hmm. I think once we get too fixed in our home spaces, you know, that's kind of when we we teach our children that the world is too fixed and that they can't think out of their box 
Um, so being able to kind of roll with your kids and change with your kids and, and doing really, really simple things like Jeanette's suggestions, just even with certain certain pictures, which you can always kind of put up and take down and, and reshuffle around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the hard part I see for me is keeping up with my kids. <laughs> I feel like they're growing and, and changing really every single day. Mm, well, I mean, didn't we all? <laughs> Um, I mean that, that's 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 the beauty of it is to look back and and realize that you know there were these little things that may have happened or something that may have triggered something in the way of a child's desire for creativity expression anything along the lines of separating themselves and individuating themselves and feeling like okay this is what I like. Does everyone approve? Or, you know, how do I get... You know, it's interesting with children. I learned uh, raising my own son and uh, and working with children is that if they don't get people's approval for things, then somehow, somewhere along the way, they decide, all right, I'll get your attention, you know. <laughs> and And sometimes the, the ways in which they make that shift from desiring an approval to, okay, you know, Settling for attention is uh, can be challenging, so to speak, but That's very um, true. I, I, it is. It is, and I mean, I come from the creative world, and you know, the writing, the music, and film, and so on. So, along with the visual, I, you know, I, I didn't exactly ignore the the the, the sounds that come from a room, not necessarily planted in there like a speaker on the wall, but. Um, I remember personally, just any time I would go into my son's room, for some reason, I don't know, I'd always be humming a song or singing a song. <laughs> and and no matter what it was that was around him or what we may have had, you know, his ears kind of perked up, his eyes lit up. You know, even as, a, as a, like a two-year-old, I can remember him responding to music and, and something other than, you know, sounds that are just commonplace and you know throughout the course of a day so we we just right. don't know and so i Jeanette, i i applaud I you ju- for, I for your wanna, work i you just want to quickly say for people who are listening live the show is going to cut off in oh. three seconds but we can continue talking you just need to go in the archives and listen to the remainder of of the show but we can stay on for like five more minutes okay. um yeah, I might my, my Joe. I don't know the last time that you listened, but my show has been shortened to a half an hour. So, um, so which I'm probably going to change back to an hour. I just haven't haven't gotten to do that yet. Mm. But um, but I really do agree with what you're saying about you know the separating and individuating, and I think that's a very important piece for for parents to keep in mind with everything. You know, pretty much starting with their with the kids' rooms and um, mm-hmm. really kind of honoring the fact and like like Jeanette was saying is really just kind of watching your children to see, mm-hmm. um, you know, to to kind of see what they're what they're into and kind of giving them support systems and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in different ways and opportunities and spaces within your home to be creative and kind of, you know, do their thing. Yeah. Well, I think that, other, that's other, particularly okay. Hey, hang on. I just want to hear a little bit more from, from Jeanette about yes, that because yes, I do yes. want to wrap up. They can also, going along this theme of uh, the growth and not knowing what they're going to be when they grow up, that is part of what you can do as a parent is continually introduce new things that they don't know about. This whole big world out there, if you keep bringing in 
even as they get older, arts and crafts area or activity areas, that's when you find out that they really are interested in art rather than music or sports rather than um, you know, education or you know, whatever. There are so many different things that you can bring in into the room, into the playroom, into an arts and crafts room, into the family room, areas of your home that will help the children develop those interests and find out what they really do love. And that's where, you know, like I said, when I was uh, in middle school and high school is when I found out I really love a beautiful room. I really love design. Mm. And that came from someone introducing that to me because I wasn't aware of it, didn't know how to, you know, how to learn about that or how to get to it. But that's what we do as parents is open up that world to our children and do it in our homes. Mm-hmm. I think I think that is a really beautiful way to to see it and to polish um to polish this pearl um for this week as far as as far as when we're looking at doing our our spring cleaning to kind of really rethinking and refeeling our spaces and our children's spaces and again separating, individuating, seeing, okay, I have my room in in my house, I have the things that I like in my house for myself, my partner, um, and now let's let's work on giving a space for the kids. Not where you're saying that, not where they take over and they have full reign, no. but there are dedicated spaces to to really support the children. And um, I really just love the whole positive viewpoints that that you do have um, towards working in the space. You know, in addition to being an interior designer, you do you do a ton of, of writing and articles, which I mentioned in the beginning was really how I came across to to discover you and and your um and your your theories on on interior designing specifically for kids and I love that you really just focus on the kids spaces. Again, Jeanette Simpson can be found at kidspaceinterior.com and I'm really just very happy that you were with us this 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 show to kind of go a little bit further into how I can really create supportive spaces for our children. So, Jeanette, thank you so, so much. Oh, thank you for having me, Cynthia. I have thoroughly enjoyed getting to know you a little bit better and uh, being on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. And, Joe, it is always a pleasure to hear from you. Thank you so much for for your input and putting in in that important pearl, too, as far as as separating and individuating. I thought that was great. Yeah, I, I, it just came to mind because, as Jeanette mentioned, you know, the, the whole and you said the, the whole business of how do you not allow complete free reign, you know, and and yet at the same time allow for something to come forward in the way of what a child might be feeling or sensing or wanting to, right. you know, put out there. I don't, I don't think that most children do it maliciously or deciding that they're gonna, you know, take over, yeah, and, you know. No, but, but, I agree. But I think, I think like the you're saying, like they just, you know, they're exploring and they're learning just exactly. as we are. Exactly. So my, my brother in New Jersey, I'll tell you a quick one. He he ended up um, walking, actually his wife, my sister-in-law, walked into her room, one of the daughter's rooms one day in Franklin Lakes, New Jersey, where they live, and the whole ceiling was covered with these glow-in-the-dark stars. You know that that you stick onto the ceiling and then turn off the lights and then you you create your own mm-hmm. sky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my sister-in-law like looked up and said, "Wow, where did this come from?" Obviously, it came from Christy doing it herself. 
And but this this is really <laughs> this is a true story. And you know, Chris, my brother and my, his wife sat down with Christy, who was 11 at the time or something like that, and said, "Look, I mean, it is your room. We we know you you like to be able to have different things, but something like that where you're sticking stuff on us, covered the whole ceiling with these these glow in the dark." stars, planets, and whatever, um, you, you have to kind of run by us, you know, you just don't, you know, do that, you know, you have to just re- respect the fact, so maybe they went a little overboard with it, but they decided to ground her for a week, not, you know, coming to mom and dad first before asking, you know, because I guess she put up some kind of a stink that right. she wasn't allowed to do what she wanted to do in her room. Well, guess well, yeah. What? I mean, I, I I wish that my daughter would have came to me before she drew on my bed frame with her marker. Well, but, you know, well, we, we can't I mean, we can't we can't always keep keep up with their kids. And I'm just I'm gonna need to cut you off now because the show's gonna get cut off. Oh, um, well, the bottom. But, but real quick, yeah. the knock on the door came the two days later from Department of Social Services that my my brother and da- and sister in law abused their <laughs> daughter by disciplining her for grounding her for a week. For not wanting to—that's yeah. kind of funny. I, I can imagine. Okay. Um, my mom used to also. She liked to color her walls when yeah. she was younger. She would press up against the wall, and she said she would feel what it needed to be, and she would grab her her crayons and just go to town. So, you know, I think I think you know definitely giving kids their space and their freedom to kind of explore, but making sure that it's not in your museum room. You know, maybe right, sitting right, around right, right, some, right. some some healthy boundaries with your children in that um, is, is a wonderful thing. So, you know, we'll definitely continue talking more about kids' spaces. I just think it's it's so important, and it's and it's also fun and creative and exciting um, to see how your kids are going to envelop their own space. And, exactly. and where it is going to lead them. Mm-hmm. So thank you again to both of you for being with us this week. I truly, truly enjoyed today's show. Um, Joe, I'm sure I'll speak to you soon, and thank you for joining us. You're welcome. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. click you off now. <laughs> Take right. care. Take care. And thanks. And, um, and Jeanette, thank you again so much for, for being with us and for your input. It was wonderful. Well, thank um, you. Thank you. So this is Cynthia of Mama's Pearls reminding everyone to enjoy your children, enjoy your family, say I love you, and remember when you're filling up your home and the energy of your home, really just be true to the to focus on the very positive messages and the true nature of your children's beings. It is a shared space. It is a beautiful space, and fill it with love. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Jeanette.